This week's Idol Champions code is O-N-O-S-N-A-I-F-D-A-L-T. Enjoy the show. What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some Dungeons and Dragons. Each week, we, or a listener like you, writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com, come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs, and we have some fun talking about them. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Allie Deitchman. That's right, and this week we're going to talk about uh, home bases. Yeah. So, like, like headquarters and mm-hmm. fun stuff to hang out. The hangout place. Yeah. That's, you know what? That's what I should name this episode to really confuse people. <laughs> the hangout place. <laughs> the, the, like, I don't understand. It's like, you will. <laughs> it's the place where your players go back to to hang out. To hang out, yeah. Um, Yeah, no, this was an idea that that you came up with very quickly and that we hadn't actually talked about before. I'm like, that's a brilliant freaking idea. We should definitely talk about that. Because (laughs) my players... (laughs) (laughs) Get them all the time, hush. Uh, My players have had quite a few at home bases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over over the years. My players have had a, a single solid home base. They've earned another one that is built. It's been oh. it's been built for them for the past like three sessions, but I'm like, yo, <laughs> do you guys mind if we just like not visit that place just yet? Because I still got to finish building it, and they're like, yeah, no worries. So I love my players. Short story. <laughs> yeah, short story. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, man, now that I'm I'm, I'm like I'm really thinking about it, like a good majority of my campaigns have had a sort of home base actually the Strahd campaign might have been one of the very few that didn't yeah <laughs> um because it just it, it that would not have worked <laughs> to be fair the the tyranny of dragons we didn't get a home base until like the second half <laughs> that's fair that is fair mm-hmm. but that has been a home base to many groups afterwards yes <laughs> <laughs> um well i like where, where, should, where should we start with home bases i, I guess like probably the question like when is good to have them yeah speaking of having it in the second half <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think starting about when is good to have them would be a good starter point for this whole thing because it it's not necessarily for every group and it's not for every mm-hmm. campaign and yeah. uh having a home base can be very beneficial for the dm <laughs> but um it can also be a little bit of a extra homework too as i mentioned yes. earlier with let me build it first <laughs> <laughs> to my players so mm-hmm. like you know it's a, when to to have them in your game is a good point to go around yeah i like i i i don't want to say that like you should have that planned out ahead of time because depending on what your campaign is might not work uh it may, it may not be necessary um if you're doing a homebrew campaign where you're like i'm gonna build it as we go um, unless you're planning on giving them that home base in the first second session, um, they're probably gonna go find something else. Oh yeah. Uh, very quickly in D and D, players will rack up so much money. <laughs> so much money. So much money to the point where it's like, I have enough money to just consider. Let's go to IKEA and like purchase all the furniture we need, and then just make that an episode. Or your players could be of the type to be like. I furnish the house. Can I give you 20,000 gold? And they'd be like, yeah. 
Thank you for this ale. Drops 20 gold on the table. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but, but like, in the earlier stages of things, like, I don't think this is really a spoiler. A lot of people talk about it. It's on, it's on the back of the book. And Waterdeep Dragon Heist, y'all get a home base. Yeah. And you get it pretty early. Um, and I actually really liked that that was a pre-written campaign that did it and did it quick. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is, there are places in some other campaigns to have a home base, Tyranny of Dragons being uh, an example, yeah. um, that that they could, but this was like really the first one that was like, boom, here it is. They got it. Yeah. Do, they can do whatever the hell they want with it. I think the fact that the book was set up to only take place in the one city i think yeah. they really uh used that idea to be able to to they, they utilize the concept of only staying in one spot to bring about the concept of a home base in a actual pre-written campaign which i thought was yeah. brilliant um i personally haven't had the chance to go through that whole section of water deep <laughs> dragon heist because uh players are level 17 we skipped that casually Uh, Yes, 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 yes. yes. But you have done that pretty intensively and uh, playing with you. You also mentioned that and reference it. It's in your canon. You know, all that good (laughs) stuff. It's a really beloved place by this point. I I may or may not have built that tavern in Minecraft one time. Yes. Um, (laughs) Like, and I built it exactly how I saw it in my head and everything. It was cool because some of my players were in that that group. So I was just like, hey, look, this is your place. (laughs) I can't put a stuffed mind flare in the foyer. Sorry. Um, yeah, the, that one, like, I, I definitely think that if you are planning on doing a localized fixed place, it would be really good to have a home base. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly, um, that doesn't exist in Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. And, and you, we're like, of course, it goes into Avernus. Like, no, no, it's starts in that Baldur's Gate place and they do not care where you sleep. Nope. Uh, <laughs> at all. Uh, that Like one of the early ones is like you go to a tavern but do you stay there? It's up to you. Figured out. Um, yeah, I, I ended up making my own home base there um, and I that, like that one I didn't really put a lot of thought into. And though now that I say those words out loud, I don't particularly put a lot of thought into mine. I kind of let my players decide. Yeah. Um, Like, I might decide the layout, but overall, is them. I think that's kind of key to the concept of home bases, so to speak. Um, The entire idea of talking about this actually came from a tweet I saw and responded to by uh, MT Black, where it's like, what's a quick tip for getting your D&D players to feel attached to their home base? And uh, honestly, a lot of the responses were really good, and the majority of them were, let your players build the home base. Mm-hmm. Because that's such a big way to make your players but, feel like it's theirs. But don't make, make them no, like, no. build <laughs> the home base. <laughs> I mean, unless they're into economics and stuff like that. Yeah. If you're playing Pathfinder Kingmaker, you know, you do what you do. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if they have control over what they want, if they want... <laughs> My rogue has a dad chair in their home yeah. base, and it's his chair. And <laughs> I didn't discuss that they that chair was always there. It's just always there now. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's kind of been summoned into being from them just role playing. Yeah. And it, I think that's a really important bit of trying to get like a home base into your game is to let your players really flesh it out. Mm-hmm. I remember I actually built the whole dang thing in the Sims. It was a three story building and I put in all the rooms and I just literally went, okay, friends, now it's your time to fill it. <laughs> and they, did. they were talking and this was just totally out of game, us hanging out. And we talked for like an hour about what would go where and, oh, that makes sense if it's here. And, oh, don't forget about the tea set. And it was like, they had such a blast just filling it. And yeah, that's such a key thing to, to introduce at home base into your game. Um, the other thing you mentioned, if you stay in a place, uh, an easy workaround <laughs> that I've accidentally stumbled on is teleportation circles. Mm. Uh, early, early on in my game, uh, probably too early, some people would say, I gave my players <laughs> a cloak that can teleport to a fixed teleportation circle. Uh, this teleportation circle happened to be a rug, so you could move where the circle went. So... <laughs> They put the rug in the basement of their home base that was gifted to them for saving the town. So ever since they needed to just bamf out of somewhere, they go home. It's mm-hmm. constantly going back home. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was a free use of teleport. So why not? Mm-hmm. Like, even though it's like, ah, we got to go to Waterdeep. They still teleport home to sleep. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's that kind of thing. That That is the most me energy I've ever heard. <laughs> Good Lord. It's like, yeah, I'll travel 6,000 miles, but if I can sleep in my bed the same night, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's the, the beautiful thing about high-level play like that kind of is, especially with teleport, all right, we got to get back here in the morning. It's a dungeon. We're all tired. We need a long rest. You know what? I'm going to pick up this rock. Let's go home. And in the morning, we'll teleport back. And pick up where we left off. So good. <laughs> they have so done good. that before. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, that like figuring out even though they're not staying in Neverwinter the entire time. They mm-hmm. stayed in Neverwinter for the first 10 levels. I'll give you that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was a while. But because I accidentally found just that giving them that way back home easily has allowed them to really attach themselves emotionally to this place even more. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like, you kind of did that with uh, Knights of Skyreach, I guess, on accident as well. Because, like, the that castle moves. That was so y'all. Like, <laughs> that was so 100% y'all. Um, I'm I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I'm, I'm going to say this one part with spoilers. If you care about spoilers, skip ahead 30 seconds. If you don't, it's for Tyranny of Dragons. Then, you know, here it is. So, yeah, th- there is a floating castle mm-hmm. in that game. Well, that is supposed to crash and y'all found a way to not make it crash mm-hmm. and then you're like the, and I didn't it didn't set in until you said we have a floating castle now and I went oh shit you have a floating <laughs> castle now um <laughs> and like at first there was panic mm-hmm. and then I was like shit that's kind of like really cool yeah. And like I remember messaging you all um afterwards and being like I feel like y'all need a name now. 
And so you called yourselves the Knights of Skyreach because that was the name of the place. Mm-hmm. And you got really chill with the, 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 the people there and everything. Well, not the dragon cult. You killed them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but like that was, you know, that's, that is the midpoint of that campaign. Yeah. You, you all spent an entire half of the campaign traveling just traveling going to places seeing things fighting stuff going around and then finally ending up at this place and and then you know uh at the at the halfway point like and the thing is though it didn't break the campaign in fact it made some things a lot easier for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was no longer shit how do they get there it's like i mean do that funny enough storm king's thunder does that um uh, light spoilers at some point the players are offered a ride via airship yeah and they've been traveling for the past two chapters by foot across the entirety northern mm-hmm. sword coast <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's not small <laughs> so it's like yeah. this chapter that they've been going through has been huge and all of a yeah. sudden they have to do that all again and it's like or do they and so the book presents you an option to just skip travel scene and just get to the next spot and (laughs) in a weird way it also acts as like a little mini home base for people playing Mm -hmm. that game because you could you have a ship i i started off storm king's thunder with them already having an airship um just because the Mm -hmm. way the plot was going already um and i mean they were already level six so i was like yeah whatever they can have airship and yeah that did end up kind of becoming their their home base like i remember the last time that they let they like left the airship and like even the captain was like hey we're probably not going to see each other for a while we just had that grand old adventure yeah um it was cool um that one like they didn't get as attached to it as other places because you know it was mainly for travel we didn't really go into the logistics of how that entire party and a crew of gnomes fit <laughs> on there um it was just kind of hand waved yeah harshneck had a had to hang in a net underneath though uh <laughs> which was i thought really funny um but no i i that that leads me into a, another point about it i think something that really helps out a headquarters are npcs Ah, yes. Um, because I, I I feel like NPCs are good not for the DM to have a bit of control about what's going on in there, but to make it feel lived. There's yeah. someone living there. There's someone uh, attending to things and stuff like that. And I I feel like... It's also a good way to get plot in there because they come back to their home base and the NPC can be like, hey, did you hear about this stuff that's happened? Crazy, I know, right? Um, And my most successful uh, headquarters have had some form of NPC in it. Um, I want to go... Well, I'm going to put a pin in this for later because I want to bring up, like, types of headquarters. Yeah. Yeah. but in um in in Waterdeep Dragons, this is not spoilers because this is my own crap. Uh, there's a ghost that they got to be friends with, <laughs> um, and uh, he was a ghost of a bartender, and they gave him corporeal form. They did a whole side quest episode to go find some shop to find a scroll 
to give a ghost a corporeal form. <laughs> um, yeah. Just so they could have a bartender. Yeah, you know, a living room. It was one. a whole point, yeah. <laughs> and they did, and the ghost was like, hey, that's pretty chill, and I do kind of really like bartending, so yeah. That was their first employee. They don't <laughs> pay him, because he's dead. Um and 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 you know like this was the group that did like they they were the Pokemon trainers like they had a goblin friend they had an owl, owl bear. bear they found three urchins that they got very attached to very quickly mm-hmm. um and they all lived there um and luckily that place was already supposed to have a shitload of rooms um <laughs> and so yeah because like one of my favorite sessions of all time um was actually just before we got into the heavy uh, Descent into into Avernus because um, we had two new players show up, which all happened at Skyreach. They had returned from a a mission. They came to Skyreach. The two new player characters were there. They got teamed up together. And they were like, hey, uh, so we got to go to Candlekeep. Um, All right, cool. Everybody load up. We're in Neverwinter. Let's fly down to Candlekeep. And as I was describing it, I don't remember who. Someone went, wait, are we flying over Waterdeep? Huh. Uh, and I was like, yeah, you are. And they're like, can we stop at our tavern? <gasps> so they did. They parked the airship in the middle of the fucking street because it's them. <laughs> uh, Griffin Calvary were very confused. Um, and they went and just visited their friends. Aww. Like. And the two new player characters got to meet these characters who they had all been talking about before. So they had a reference point for the entire rest of the campaign. Anytime someone would bring up uh, Phil or Garlock or Paul. And it was really nice because there was no combat. There was no nothing. I just had NPCs there and they enjoyed it and they had a good time. They visited friends. Yeah. It was so good. I loved it. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And and, and it, it was like this cool, like, going home moment before literally going to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I just, I, re- I really like that session. Oh, it gets my feel, feels. See, like, I really connect with that because in my game, I have, gosh, let me count. One, two, three, four, five five NPCs living in their house right now mm-hmm. and one currently not played PC living in the house right now as well. Oh, okay. Um, we've got Bobby who is the steward. She's like a mother figure to the entire group. She was essentially gifted with the house <laughs> saying like, Hey, while you guys are out adventuring, this person will take care of the house for you. Mm-hmm. And they eventually just fell in love with her. And, uh, she, uh, is very, like just straightforward and she gives them advice and she gives them hugs whenever she sees them and worries about them. And then there's, uh, gosh, I can't remember their names right now because it's been a hot minute since they've been home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is Saphir's friend who actually helped him pretty much like throughout post wife dying, <laughs> mm-hmm. take care of his kid. Yeah. And, when they found his kid, he actually offered her to stay at the house and she took him up on it and she actually joined the Harpers while she was in Neverwinter. Hmm. And so now they have a Harper living in the house. And then there is Saphir's child and now his mother. <laughs> <laughs> so Saphir's whole family and extended found family 
is living in the house which hmm. has kind of made Neverwinter his actual home now. Yeah. Like, he feels like a special connection to Neverwinter. He's like, yeah, I want to protect the city. Why? Because that's where my love is. That's where yeah. everything is to me is in Neverwinter. And I'm like, that's really that's really cool. We kind of made a connection there for the city for you. He's like, yeah, yeah, I really like Neverwinter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there is Lucian, who was actually a wizard's apprentice that they rescued during uh <laughs> way back when if you'll remember the mmo neverwinter you know how there was like Razad's tower with the spell plague and how there was the apprentice places. wizard who was like mm-hmm. help you gotta help my master has like turned into a spell plague <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so they saved lucian they pulled him out of that nice. and they're like hey man you want to like hang out at our house while we relax while you like chill out he's like yeah yeah i can do that and what's cool is that he was an alchemist. Uh, so he actually has a little uh, homunculus that uh, yeah. whaps him on the head whenever they teleport into the basement. And then he also makes them health potions. Mm-hmm. He stockpiles them and he's getting better as the campaign I goes on it. too because he's getting I experience. And I've said it before, like in my campaign, health potions have that stamp that say you get the full HP. Yep. Lucian's, it's not stamped. So you have to roll. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. Because he's still learning. He's not a master yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then, let's see, there's the non-PC. Uh, <laughs> non-PC. It's the player character They're that isn't currently playing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that is actually Bobby's son. <laughs> Her actual son. Uh, he's a sorcerer mm-hmm. and monk who went adventuring. And he's like a sorcerer of the phoenix like au back when it was an au and mm-hmm. he's like i actually have spent so much time like being so just dangerous not a care for living because he's like phoenix i'm gonna come mm-hmm. back i have no worries yeah and a couple of times during storm king's thunder he almost didn't come back so he's like <laughs> i'm gonna take it st- slow a little bit and i'm gonna i'm gonna actually uh get to spend time with my mom because he's mm-hmm. never been able to do that yeah. And so we've got all these people in the actual house and every time they come back and teleport into the house, Lucian's alarm goes off because he set up an alarm down there. Yeah. And so he's like, who's d- d- invading? And he realizes it's friends. He's like, okay, he's a very anxious man. And <laughs> he's like, okay, I'll, I'll tell Bobby, uh, let, let, I think she has a letter for you. And then he goes upstairs and then they all go upstairs from the basement and then Bobby sees him, gives him hugs. Saphira sees his family, and his daughter asks him what adventure they did that time. He tells him a story as he sits down in his, in his dad chair as Bobby sets the kettle on. And, like, they have a moment where they just kind of get to breathe. A full mm-hmm. deep breath with people that they love around them. And I'm yeah. like, as an adventurer, how often do you get to do that? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, my f- some of my favorite moments that you know happen regularly is like the morning they wake up after getting home yeah because like they're still talking about the adventure they had they're talking about what they're doing in the morning someone's like i'm my character's cooking breakfast something like that oh my gosh Um, yes safir has an apron that says number one dad and he helps bobby with breakfast every time they're home it's beautiful that's beautiful and he's the rogue that murders things (laughs) oh yeah gotta be it's great um 
Like, I will say that, like, you know, I we, we were just talking about NPCs, and I, I said that I feel like it's, it's a really good way to do it. I will say that is absolutely not required, because we we absolutely have proof that you don't need that, which was uh, uh, um, Wiz's game mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, um, oh my god, what the heck was it? Curse the Crimson Throne. Words are hard tonight, folks. <laughs> I'm running on coffee and meetings. Um... <laughs> And, like, I had it in my backstory that I wanted to be a tavern owner and was uh, very graciously was like, yeah, you have one. That's uh, y- Y'all can, like, go back there and whatnot. But she, she even had it that we started really in my tavern yeah, um, as a group. And we 100% uh, made that our own. Like, Wiz would be like, how many rooms are there? You know, how much is a night? How much is food? Like, she, like she would ask me, and I'd be like, uh, four silver? I don't know. <laughs> um, and, oh, God, what did I call it? Aleheim? Aleheim. Aleheim, that's what I called it, because uh, he and his brother were very uh, uh, Norse-inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that was all us, and that, that was, and I, and I like that it was all us not, demanding it it was whiz asking and i really think that's the key thing is because it was the the well in this case the gm asking uh what that player that owned the place or the players that owned the place wanted it to be that's getting them more invested in my opinion than just them spieling off what it is yeah uh, because I feel like you might get bored with it. It's just like, ah, I did that. Ah, it's fine. Whatever. I did that. But when it, it when it's a cooperative sort of thing, I think it gets the players a little more involved. I felt I loved Aleheim. <laughs> like, I, again, again, I know how that place looks in my, I should actually build that place in Minecraft. Next. <laughs> um, we straight up used a crystal ball and we saw Aleheim with it because we were worried. It's yeah. <laughs> 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 so good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, that, that, that is, that is definitely one, one way to go about it. I, I, I want to bring up the, the, the types of strongholds. Well, not so, I say strongholds because before this, we were trying to find something, uh, on how this works in game. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and I ended up finding, um, um, Matt Covell's, uh, book, uh, Strongholds and Followers, which I'd only heard about, and this time I actually got to see, so I guess we're kind of doing a mini, like, DC spotlight in the middle of this. Check out Strongholds and Followers. It looks real cool. Yeah. And I kind of might buy this book in print because the cover is so freaking pretty, and it might have some really good stuff in it. Um, but as far as, like, home bases and headquarters goes, like, I've had so many different types of them. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, a floating castle, uh, several taverns, <laughs> <laughs> um, starships, pirate ships, uh, inns. Like the these, I I don't think that it has to be limited to just this one type of place. Um, the Star Wars RPG. Um, had two of them in it because they were like, it's not enough. Um, we, we started off um, 
you know, with uh, um, my wife Tara's character, uh, she wanted her to be a captain of a ship. So we looked at the ships that were possible, started her off with a debt to one of the huts. And she had a, uh, oh God, YT-2100. It's Dash Rendar ship. Uh, <laughs> um, if you don't know what I mean by that, Google it. And also I'm sad. Um, I know. I'm like, you said, oh yeah, it's YT-2100. For those that don't know, here's another nerdy thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just realized gonna I did. you going to have to Google. Yeah, I just realized that. Was I right about that? No, I wasn't. Is it 2400? This, I'm literally going to spend airtime looking this up because it's, it's the 2400. <laughs> I, I was on my second try. Um, and... I really, really loved this because you, I mean, you could, I, I like, I just, I Googled, you know, YT2400 and there's a floor plan that someone made. Yeah. So we had the floor plan for this place. And then not only that, freaking Tara knocked it out of the goddamn park with a name because like we hadn't even started the game yet. And she's talking about her ship. I'm like, well, what are you going to name it? This, it's got, you know, it's got to have a cool name. And she thinks for a second and goes, the Guardian's Endeavor. <laughs> I was like, fuck, God, I wish I had that power. <laughs> um, and so at first it was just her uh, and Kyle's character. And then Wiz's character showed up. And then all Navy guys came back from uh, being deployed. And they all came on. And everybody had rooms and stuff like that. Uh, and then they just kept going because that was the game that I didn't plan for. Uh, Caleb at one point bought a freaking Y-Wing. And he's just like, I'm just going to fly it next to it. And then it can like dock when I'm sleeping. Nice. Um, <laughs> But then he goes, like, I literally think this is how it went. He wanted to buy another ship. <laughs> and they're like, but how are you going to do that? And he goes, well, obviously, we need a place to keep it. <laughs> um, And then a few sessions pass. They end up taking a bounty for someone on Tatooine. And they've got this whole bunker set up where it just looks like, and I, and I took this from Star Wars Galaxy because I played the damn game. Uh, there was like this like kind of like black capsule looking thing on the top of the ground, and that's all you saw of it. And like turrets came out and shot at them. They did a whole dungeon crawl through this place, and like they got to the end and they like killed the 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 nasty stuff that had gotten in, and they went. I think dude, we have a house. We have an underground house. This is ours now. Squatter's right. This dude was an asshole and he's dead now. It's ours. <laughs> and so they then had a bunker on Tatooine uh, that they could, that they started spending the money they had accrued through all of this campaign, fixing up the turrets, adding a, uh, like a, a, a basically a starship garage to it and um, parking the Guardian's Endeavor at the, the starport in, uh, I think it was Mos Etna that was the closest. Mm -hmm. And so this was all them. Like, I just gave them a floor plan and used memories of a of an MMO that I played one time <laughs> for a very long period of time. Um, and the, all of that was them. They, they literally could have decided, like, ah, I don't really want this bunker. We'll just go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, and, and they... Or they could have just, like, oh, yep, dusted their hands. We're like, all right, we did it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they could have done anything, but they chose 
to live on that ship for so long to make a home on Tatooine. Um, and the NPCs did show up. I mean, on, on Tara's ship, she, uh, the other thing that I wanted her to have was an astromech. And so she made one that, uh, I can't remember the numbering of it, but, uh, she named it Honey. Like that ah, was its nickname. Yes, honey. <laughs> and, and the reason why is because she wanted to always come on board the ship and say, honey, I'm home. <laughs> um, and, uh, we're still mad because we went to freaking Galaxy's Edge and they got the whole like build a droid yeah. thing. Did not have the color scheme for it. <gasps> no. But then literally her droid that she described in full size is sitting up on top of the conveyor belt. And she's just like, that's that's my droid. Give me my droid. That's my droid. Why can't I have my droid? <laughs> um so yeah, like all, I mean, that same group did a pirates game, and they had a ship that they mutinied and <laughs> took over, <laughs> and um, they just kept sailing around uh, these the the string of islands on made it a home uh had a crew i had names and personalities for all of them my favorite part about that one though again players will surprise the crap out of you they <laughs> freaking mutiny they do this whole thing um i even i even gave i gave them teleportation now that i remember it i gave them a teleportation thing as well um they 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 kill all the bad dudes one of them gets away whatever but then they're like, okay, well, someone's got a captain the ship. And they all pointed at an NPC. I was <laughs> I was floored. Oh, I, I was that. like, what do you mean none of y'all are going to be like, I'll be the captain. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Like, you, you sh okay. I mean, yeah, I love her. She's a great freaking NPC. I did not expect this to happen. <laughs> so... I got to still I got to hand out quests from their home base because they weren't the ones in charge technically mm -hmm. and it worked out so well. I just loved it so much. <laughs> God, that from a DM perspective, the idea that the players none of them are the captain just makes things so much easier. <laughs> oh my god, it was Well, it like it it was it was a shock at first that I had to then be like, okay, I've got to, I've got to now reevaluate this character as a captain. And I eventually, and I essentially just had her like dock at the nearest place. Y'all get off the fucking boat. I need some time. <laughs> <laughs> and of course that's where they found driftwood. Mm, uh, driftwood. <laughs> that was the, that was the first campaign driftwood was in uh, the character, um, by the way, not the objects. <laughs> yes. The character, not the object uh, though. Named after the object. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I, I definitely think that having um, the possibility of a of a home base or stronghold or whatever to be not just a strong base or a you know uh, strong base. Did I say strong base? You totally guys. Did. Words are so hard. <laughs> you know. It's oh okay. my god. <laughs> um, ha have a home base or a stronghold. Um, be more than just that because there's so much opportunity there i mean like what's what's like the the adage where it's like make your house a home mm -hmm. you know it's like it, yeah try to differentiate the difference between like here's a house that they just visit and then leave or is it a home where they want to go back because that's what makes a home base yeah. is if they want to go back to it yeah 
Because if they don't want to get back to it, then it's not a home base. <laughs> it's just a checkpoint that they stopped at at some point. Yeah. Yeah, really it is. I mean, it, like, I, I know some of the pre-written ones um, don't really let this happen. Um, when we did, um, oh, my God, was that Pathfinder Adventure's name? The snow one. Um, (laughs) Very early on into it, we had a player that was only going to be there for a few sessions because he was moving. And again, like very much like how my groups did, we cleared out a cabin, like a really nice cabin. And we're like, well, we got to come back here. Um, And so like the the player was just like, hey, tell you what, since this is the last session I'm going to be here, I'm going to leave my dude here and then... Um, y'all can come back and you know he's taking care of the place and we're like oh that's perfect next session we got teleported on the other side of the planet you know. like and we never saw him again that <laughs> that that gnome freaking gunner is just still at that cabin twiddling his thumbs waiting for us he's to come back he's just living his best cottage life I mean yeah <laughs> yeah he got that Sims 4 cottage living update early oh yeah Um, <laughs> that was a joke for only some of our audience uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so like, yeah, there, there's the pre-written campaigns are hard to do with that. Yeah, um, some definitely more than others, especially if literally the entire point of the campaign is to travel, like Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah, couldn't do it in there. Uh, like, the, the closest I did was um, one of the merchant prince's houses they hung out at a few times. And then later on, came back to mm-hmm. when in a totally different campaign um (laughs) which was sort of a headquarters but uh yeah that one definitely does not lend itself to that Mm -hmm. but that was like the other half that i kind of wanted to talk to you about was you know your favorite part of DD, which is travel and adventure (laughs) because that that, i kind of have a tough time doing that myself like approaching it as part of the game and not just part Mm -hmm. of the game that you kind of just blanch over because uh for me (laughs) a lot of the 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 fun of this D &D road trip is the destination and not the the traveling bit (laughs) but uh some books and uh, some games and definitely a lot of people's home games really focus in on the actual travel part of it and mm-hmm. the idea of having a home base is just like non-existent because what's the point yeah and uh what's that game type where it's like you literally start out in the center west or marches yeah west marches yeah i would love to just see one of those games kind of happening or Mm -hmm. try to play in one because i feel like playing in one of those kind of games would allow me to get a a better understanding of how travel can be done i'm actually like i kind of feel like that one is won't help at all because you're supposed to go back to your hometown every time and like regroup Mm -hmm. which i feel like i feel like you absolutely need a a stronghold or something (laughs) then um Yeah. yeah like the 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 ones that you can't really have a home base or anything one i feel like are the ones that's like you you just keep moving like the that that pathfinder snow one that i can't remember the name of to save my freaking life right now and i'm sorry ike uh, i did really enjoy that game uh <laughs> um is is the fact that like we didn't stop it was like 
All right, you got to get here. All right, we're here. Oh, shit, the princess is in another castle. And then we got to run to that castle. <laughs> like, it was just castle after castle after castle after castle after castle. Reign of winter. Um, yeah. That, oh, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Reign of winter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There we go. God. Yeah, I don't know why that was so freaking hard. Um, and, yeah, that one, you you it would be really hard. You just sent into a Vernus. I mean, I saw a place for it. But I didn't do it just because plot. Um, but like there, there's a there. There was one place I could see it, and they. I mean, they might get a war machine. You could sleep in the war machine, maybe. Yeah, uh, I mean, like probably not that comfy. <laughs> I think a vehicle, in a weird way, <laughs> can serve as a home mm-hmm. base because you want to oh, take yeah, care like of I said, it. The, the boat. Um, yeah, like I believe in Critical Role, they constantly are using carts to go yeah. from like town to town city to city and i believe like if something happened to their cart aside from being upset about their belongings they'd be upset about it yeah even though it's just you know a cart <laughs> but it's still their it, cart it, there, we have a cart in the academics game that if anything happened to it i would have the reaction of the cabbage man from avatar except i would not get over it as quickly as he does yeah like i, I like a spe- like here's literally what it's like we we have a we have a mule that that walks that cart around that we have named Ferris Mueller. <laughs> um, also, we found a, a skeleton horse that I that apparently attached to me, so I named it Scalone Peterson because I felt like Ferris Mueller needed a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> I spent a long time on that name too. Do not. I know people rolled their eyes at me. Do get get that take that rollback. Um, <laughs> and. Like yeah, like we were we did a game. We got we got attacked by wolves, and like Andor was just like stand in front of the mule. Nobody happens. Nothing happens to this mule. You fuck off, wolves. Dinner is not tonight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no t- travel things can totally do that. Um, and I I actually think that's what um, having things like that that are of a bigger scale, like a pirate boat, a starship, stuff like that, is better for travel because in the star wars game um they would get into their their ship and they would go into the space mm-hmm. and i would have them give me an astro what was it an astro navigation role i think that was the name of it that sounds right um yeah and you know because we've got an ace pilot a captain all assisted by an astromech they nailed it every goddamn time yeah um and but like still the book's like hey here's how long hyperspace travel takes if y'all thought that hyperspace travel was instantaneous you're wrong (laughs) um but it essentially was like okay this trip is going to take you uh four days four standard days um are any of you doing anything during that time Mm -hmm. and i just let them have their little scenes and stuff like that once I stopped them out of hyperspace, which was fun as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, like, I got to surprise them just that one time. Um, But, yeah, like, I I think, like, with the airship even, like, I I got to have, I got to just be like, you travel. What what do you do while you're doing it? Yeah. Uh, Because, yeah, I don't. Here's my problem with travel. 
I want travel to look and sound like that awesome fucking scene in Fellowship of the Ring where they're all coming over the ridge. So freaking good. <laughs> I cannot get them to see that nor hear that properly the way I want it. Yeah. So I, why try? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm never going to hit that level, so I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, <laughs> I feel you because this is very much like a story-driven game, and for me, it's hard to describe travel without just pulling, like, a Tolkien, <laughs> where it's just like, yeah. I'm going to describe the scenery for a little bit, I guess. And they walked through the forests, and the trees walked because everything fucking walked around here. <laughs> <laughs> like... You know, I'm not going to pass up the opportunity to describe a few trees. So, yeah. I, but beyond that, it's hard for me to stick with travel. Uh, and so it's like, <laughs> now that I think about it, the majority of my, you know, quote unquote, home bases in all the games I've been a player in have been vehicles of some sort or another. Because, mm. like, the when I'm running, they have a pirate ship. Uh, mm -hmm. The one I'm in with marcus's group there's a cruise ship and we're on that cruise <laughs> what? it's ravnica <laughs> oh i love that yeah we, we were hired to protect the the scientists who are going to a convention <laughs> oh my god i love that yeah um like there's this one game that ben ran for us and uh we were all on an airship that my buddy robert was the captain of captain valentine and uh it was this very experimental airship <laughs> in uh, the uh, Critical Role land. God, I can't remember names. Wildmount? Yeah, Wildmount. Wildemount, <laughs> you know. Um, Wildemount. <laughs> Wildemount. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a ship that, <laughs> once again, Robert was planning on making into an airship because there was rumors of plans that we learned from a certain lady who told us things. And mm. it was like, ooh, okay. Yeah, but it's like the majority of time, it's been vehicles of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, because it, 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 it's great. Like, yeah. really, um, on-foot travel is fine. But, you know, I okay, I got the Lord of the Rings joke in there. I came up with that one. I was really proud of myself. Uh -huh, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. But, no, like, really what it was is um, I ran a random encounter during travel, I had the whole day take way too freaking long. They did the encounter, and I'm like, ha-ha, they're down in hit points. We're just going to rest. And I'm like, yeah, that literally did it. That didn't serve the story. That didn't serve any, but, like, it deserved nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was nothing. Yeah. I mean, like, we both made apparent about our uh, choice of random encounters to be more so less random and more yeah specific yeah like intent well, intentional encounters like like think about how many random encounters you would uh hit in a in a classic final fantasy game like you go into a cave oh be better one pokemon <laughs> yeah. go back to the original pokemon how many goddamn zubats did you hit through that freaking cave right and how much money did you spend on repels <laughs> <laughs> and and see that's the thing that was a mechanic of it of like okay we're going to low we're going to hit your pokemon so much going through here cuz not only are you going to be hitting those freaking zubats you're going to be hitting trainers that you can't pass and the whole point of it was for you to play smart enough to get to team rocket 
and still have enough HP and moves. I'm not calling a PP. Uh, points? I don't remember. Yeah, I know they are. That's what I'm saying. It. And they got enough HP and power to 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 fight Team Rocket. Mm-hmm. And that works in a dungeon crawl, but in travel, I just don't see a point to random encounters unless you're doing an XP system. If you're doing an XP system. I understand. I get it. Fine. When you're doing milestone, I just it doesn't. You can you can describe the travel, and you can even describe things that they encountered along the way. Because at the end of the day, they're just going to heal from it. They're just going to rest. It's not going to be that big of a problem. Because like yeah. even if you get them to use a health potion or something at early levels, okay. Yeah, okay, you got him to use that, but... Mm. So, the one time that I actually revolved an entire, like, story arc around random encounters was when they were actively in Neverwinter and trying to help fix the city a little bit, and they mm-hmm. were in the Tower District. The Tower District was currently, at that point, overrun by the Many Arrows tribe. This is the part I was in. Yeah. And so I actually ran that entire district using random encounter tables, essentially. If they were Mm -hmm. going about, I would roll to see if they would encounter a group. And then I would see what flavor group it was. Because, like, it kind of helped build it that it was an ever-changing area that was actually full of people (laughs) that they had to hide around and skirt around. Yeah. And that was like... Well, because you, you turned that area kind of into its own dungeon crawl, which I really liked. Yeah, the entire area. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I think, I like, random encounters, I'm not saying don't have a place in the game. I do think that they're good for dungeon crawling. Um, uh, You know, because there, there's some uh, pre-written adventures where there's not a lot of things that show up through the dungeons. You may as well throw some random encounters in there. Um, yeah, just out in the world. Eh. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> like the I I did I did throw um I threw staged encounters at people for Tomb of Annihilation. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this, but uh it was um I would go through and find encounters from the random encounter table that I thought were cool, that I thought told some sort of story about the area they were in. Mm-hmm. Um and I would use those. Um, but I wouldn't use them every day because, again, they want you to roll every day, yeah. three times a day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it's so tedious. And so, like, yeah, I, I, I'm there at the river and I want I want them to know the sort of dangers that are in there. And they got tricked by some hags um and you know started running away which was also there to foreshadow something for later um <laughs> and you know another time they're out in the forest and i again i want them to understand the terror of this place so i had them roll perception checks they have uh one of them happened to get really good they heard some big noises they all hid and a zombie t-rex came out and just, you know, walked around and these people were very smart and did not fight it because it oh. would have murdered them. See, now you say that. And at the same time, I'm remembering my group because <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is it. They're in the thick of like Chult. And 
I'm like, oh my God, it's the zombie T-Rex. It's, they, they ro- I rolled it. Cool, cool. So I set it up. I'm like, okay, all of a sudden this thing comes moving through the trees and the smell hits you first before you see it. And then they're like, oh God. So they all hide. But then the ranger who is a monster slayer quietly said, I'm going to take it down. And everyone was like, no, 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 don't. And she's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to attack it. <laughs> she rolled to attack. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but like. See, and that, 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 that is cool. And, that, and, and yeah, that, that served a moment and a purpose. But yeah, like going out and just having things happen to happen. It's just slowing the story. You're putting you're putting a filler episode that you hate from your favorite TV show in your own campaign. And I think that's the thing that I try to avoid the most in my games is no filler episodes. (laughs) Yeah. The more I run games and like, I've been running games for a while, but I'm still like figuring out the right stride, the right pacing. Um, The more I'm running them and especially this high level one, the more I realize like, I just need to get on with it. because mm-hmm. like it's it's kind of like in my head subconsciously to be like oh you need to make sure that they like go through this encounter so that way they have like one less thing that they can use when they go up against the big thing and i'm like mm-hmm. slowly realizing why do i need to do that i think it'd be cool if they approach the bad guy with all their stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah th- there's there's no reason for them to not to like <laughs> they uh were in water deep and uh, they're going through uh, the whole Waterdeep Dragon heist, and they're talking to L'Oreal Silverhand, and L'Oreal's like, you guys are good adventurers. You've saved a few cities now. I know I can trust you. And they're like, yo, we think this high-level villain is here. And at first, I'm thinking, you know, wh- why? Because the books are like, oh, you need evidence that this high-level villain is here. And I'm like, sure. But L'Oreal Silverhand's also an adventurer herself that's very high level. So I put it upon myself to make her go along with the group to see it for herself. Which, I mean, is that a poor choice? On I don't know. We'll find out. But so far, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's it's one of those things where I, I still have to figure out the pacing. But, like, all I know is that random encounters, I've thrown them out the window for the most part. Unless they yeah. serve a purpose to further the story i never have an encounter now just to use up resources yeah like if they're going to use up resources they'll do it eventually they'll use it they'll blow everything they'll use their daily in one fight i know they will i don't have to plan for that (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) i can trust my players to be like that Um, well, I, I, I feel like we, we start, we, I, I know we definitely repeat ourselves there at the end because we talked about that, that, uh, the random encounter thing before, but that's just how much we don't like it. Um, yeah. any last thoughts on home bases, strongholds or travel? I got, I got one last thought. Um, okay. Be careful with that home base <laughs> because suddenly your players have something that they love and that they cherish. And, uh, if you treat it with if you mistreat it if you put it in danger the players might not react well to that no both as players or player characters let me put it to you this way uh that really cool npc that you made that you're one day going to betray them with is gonna hurt them but they didn't make that pc yeah (laughs) like 
or the NPC. Like they, when you get the collective group there, oh, I bet they're gonna get pissed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, like it better mean something. <laughs> you better be like, we have now entered Act Three. Uh <laughs> like a home base is supposed to represent like a safe spot that the group can return back to. And if you plan on making it and twisting it into a not safe spot, I mean, like, that's that's not exactly, I don't want to say, like, it's not right, because it's like an unwritten rule that a home base should be okay. I mean, every game, even, I'll say this, even Dark Souls has a home base. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. And that is one of the deadliest, ruthless games ever. Huh. But you can't get hurt at the home base. Yo, if somebody came from my Fryling Shrine murder yeah just straight murder <laughs> like in dark souls 3 when you go in that weird back in time moment and firelink shrine is like dark uh-huh. oh i got pissed yeah it hurts i got real pissed because that's your home that's yeah. where you know yeah. you're safe and so it's like just if you're running a game and you're like oh sweet a thing i can like use against my players try not to do that <laughs> yeah definitely good call there definitely good call mm-hmm. um well, I uh, I think that is uh, is gonna do it for this week's episode. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice. Even if your your podcast service of choice doesn't have reviews, go to somewhere that does, and please leave one. It would be great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> If you would like to uh, write in with your own questions, topics, concerns, anything, that sort of thing, send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com. We'd love to talk about it. If you'd like to keep up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficult. Oh, my God. What? At difficulty class. Why did I find that so hard? Words are so hard. It's hard, I'm man. sorry. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at the Trevor. There is an A hiding in there. Allie, if they want to follow you, where can they find you? They can find me at AllieBug321 at twitter <laughs> and where else also at roomy rumors which i promise i am working on it's just there's a lot happening right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah that is gonna do it for this week's episode uh so until next week have a good game